0: itc europe going to be in barcelona you're going to do a demo what's the demo yes, i'm
1: looking forward to that yeah i've got a, a small slot um, i think we've got a booth as well so if anybody that's listening is there come come check in and say hi um, we, we're doing demo on stage and demos at the booth um, and i'm going to give the crowd a quick overview of, um, of what it takes to launch a product on a platform. Um, I go from zero to one in a handful of minutes.
0: No kidding. Okay. Now we should have started with that this episode. So how long does it take to launch a new insurance product with you? Um, tech technology
1: wise, it could be very fast. We've got templates. And then, like I said, you can get a template up and running in a handful of minutes um then there's customization there's your branding and maybe changing the pricing and stuff and then there's um getting all of that in place i think the fastest we've launched the product was maybe sub two weeks um, sub
0: two weeks so yeah and then
1: what, what we found is technology is now not the barrier anymore it's now compliance uh policy wording those mm-hmm. things that um so so the ball's been thrown over the fence again back to the the other side the bottleneck has shifted
0: so if an insurance company or an MJ is ready, they have the wording, they have everything. They have a beautiful Excel sheet with all the if this, then that. You can basically launch a new product. Oh, sorry. And the, all the graphic assets and the copyrights. Yeah. You can launch that product in a few minutes or make it ready up to the approval of the regulators and then it can go live in a few minutes yes so amazing
1: yeah it's pretty much that it's 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 a matter of um just configuring it setting it up and if you're starting from a template that already exists it literally is is a few minutes um let's say hours because you sit there tweaking stuff to get it perfect of
0: course of course
1: oh yes that's the saturn V rocket um i'm quite a big fan of I guess space and Lego. Any a combination <laughs> of two of those things. Um so, but then also uh, it's just the easy way out for my partner to buy gifts. It's all the Lego. Oh yes.
0: I, I man, that's such a brilliant idea. Once you have some sort of a hobby which is very straightforward, it's like and that's going to be the next gift. Oh my god. I wish my wife had something like that. That would make my life such easier because jewellery it's not a hobby shoes and bags are not a really hobby and i can always mess that up hmm. but yeah no yeah. that's that's I, that's I, a I know the point. pain yeah <laughs> yeah no i i pray so are you just about building models like the southern behind you or more on the technical ones that move and you can tweak them mm-hmm. and stuff like that
1: so I'm, i'm actually more when it comes to um so my hobby is more on I guess on the electronics side of things so building stuff Mm -hmm. with electronics um and like you can actually I think also see in the background there's a there's a Delta wing um standing there it's a bit difficult to see in the video um but I've been building drones racing drones and stuff for a long while um and pretty much anything else that I can hack together and solder together and, and get working it's kind of kind of nice to build things like real physical things um because my kind of profession is software engineering, where everything is virtual. It's on a computer screen. Um, yeah, so I really, think? really like making things real.
0: So when you're talking about drones, because I couldn't see the Delta Wing, you're talking about drones, drones, not the, the modern drones with the four altars Yes, I'm, I'm talking. Used to run, the, the ones that we used to run, the small planes that we used to run in one of the backyard fields kind of thing. Empty, no, I actually
1: i never never got to those i, I had one before oh. but it uh, i think i crashed it early on and it didn't work um but now i'm on i'm on drones like so the four rotor um hmm. multi multi prop drones it's normally like this quite small but bigger than a book maybe um and then you get it out with a camera and you put on the goggles and you can go race around um
0: oh you're one and, of and those just the,
1: not not professional i had a friend that got me into drones that was actually representing the country and that was Quite an interesting observation. Um, those are the guys that race in this in the like parking lots and all of those places. Um Mm -hmm. I'm more just in trying to build a thing and get it in the air, mess around with it, crash it, rebuild it, (laughs) keep on going.
0: Can you tell our audience a quick introduction about what do you guys do and how did you get into insurance? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'll, I'll give a quick quick overview. So I'm from a company
1: called Root. It's rootplatform.com. And um, what we essentially do is we, we're, trying to, we're building a platform, a cloud-based platform, and trying to make it the easiest way for companies to launch um, modern digital insurance, whether it's embedded through partner channels or just um, through their own channels. And it's a low-code platform. And we've been um to kind of take it back to where we started or why we started my background I'm a software engineer um and I've been mm-hmm. building stuff since school days I had apps on the app store that made pocket money on the side and I've always been building things and solving problems with code um and w- when after my previous company that was that I was building in the States I tried to figure out like what is the next important thing to focus on and, and I kind of got to the intersection of financial services which is a very complex regulated industry um and also the also software developers other people who build things and we tried to figure out how can we make it easier for people to build things to build stuff in financial services that zoomed in into insurance over time mm-hmm. and essentially guided us towards building the building blocks or yeah literally like lego blocks for insurance to kind of from a bottoms up first principles approach we tried to re rethink or truly understand what makes insurance or what are the bottlenecks? Why are people stuck? Why is insurance not moving forward? And can we make that easier? Um, and that brought us. I mean, we've been running for seven years or so now into today, um, where we're a cloud-based platform that, that we service quite a lot of clients at quite a big scale, um, just helping them launch new products and do cool digital stuff, which is quite fun. Yeah, we, we started in Cape Town, South Africa. It's just our hometown, so it's a bit easier to get going. Contacts and networks and stuff exist, um, and talent to pull pull people in um and then we we built in south africa to kind of test the concept and test the model experiment with it and since it's been working quite well we now recently about six months ago six months ago or so started pushing into the uk market as well um so we're quite if i can call it new or fresh in that market and we it's surprising how much is similar like people are they've got the same issues they're trying to solve the same problems um, but the UK market's just much bigger and more mature and more kind of, uh, they've been th- through it all already. So they kind of know what they're looking for and, and it's got a good fit there. Um, but yeah, currently I'm sitting in Cape town and I'm in London again, in a few weeks again, so well, back and forth the whole time, commuting these days.
0: If we're not, if we're not going to meet in person in London, we may meet each other in Barcelona for ITC. And we'll talk about what you're going to present there and talk about, but before we jump there. So, Cape Town, I've been to Johannesburg and other location in South Africa. We we don't see I think that from South Africa, we've seen the Vitality Program. Um, I met another startup, I think it was Policy Doc. Most likely I miss I'm confusing a couple of policy and something else. And there was a guy that Elon Musk was Sort of a familiar person. Some people know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Some people know, and he also plays with rockets. How's the insurance scene in South Africa, and how is it, you know, connected to the rest of Africa? Yeah, I can. I'll
1: also add how's it
0: connected to maybe
1: the like more Western or like a UK industry, for example. So Mm -hmm. in South Africa, it's quite a mature. market it's the regulations and stuff is pretty much it's very similar to the uk um environment in that sense the same like treat your customers fairly and all of those type of twin peaks models are are at play in south africa what we have found though is it's quite a bit more it's broader so you have less specialists in the country in terms of insurers in terms of uh, tech providers in terms of any other type of like services or or people in the industry, whereas in the UK, you might have a pet insurer that's massive in South Africa, you'd have an insurer that also sells pet insurance as a second or third product. Um, so at first in South Africa, we got a bit worried that we went too broad. We, our platform that we've been building here was quite, um, it, it serviced pretty much any product, it's product agnostic. We run everything from life insurance to device insurance and motor insurance. And when we went to the UK, we learned because it's so much more focused and niche. Um, everybody in that space just focuses on their niche so they don't actually have a way to kind of breach the barriers to any of the other products or any of the other channels they want to do and that actually set us up quite well for for that market um so kind of like South Africa being very generalist and then most other established countries or or markets rather being much more like vertically focused and, and like niche focused compared to Africa generally South Africa's got a much much larger insurance penetration than the rest of Africa. I think we're sitting on, I think it's like seventeen percent, which I think is like GWP over GDP or so, um, versus the rest of Africa's on something like two percent on average. So Africa as a whole doesn't really know insurance. Nobody's got cover. It's not a thing. We've got some basic covers in place. South Africa mm-hmm. is heavily insured, um,
0: and well, yeah, that's also, that's pretty we, much the we, thing. So so I would say. We also need to. Yeah, sorry, go you Now, besides the fact that in the continent, well, South Africa is a country. The rest of Africa yes. is a continent with very, with many, many different countries. And usually we'll cut it into West Africa, East Africa, Northern Africa, or the Northern Sahara, which those are completely more of a, the Arab countries. And in the South, maybe nigeria especially in the more established cities like lagos abuja and a few others you will have more penetration of ones. but needless to say that in the rural areas i assume that uh, you don't really know even how much the population is um yeah and i've got a, a big challenge
1: I've started i've started thinking about it almost the same as like maslow's triangle like the hierarchies there mm-hmm. um, in terms of financial services and in Africa, a lot of the foundational infrastructure doesn't exist properly yet. So your payments and, and normal money movement is not a solved problem. Um, so you see a lot of payment companies these days, startups trying to operate and do that. And you have to solve payments and moving money before you can start introducing credit, before you can start introducing loans, oh, it's credit, um, investment stuff, and then insurance as well. So to solve insurance in African market is a very hard thing because you're, you're trying to solve multiple problems. Um, versus if you go to let's say the uk where payments like everybody has a card everybody uses like um tap and go or what, whatever um cardless payments these days cards in africa is not even a thing um in most places so you, you can't just rely on those type of infrastructure um and that makes the problem just like orders of magnitude more complex
0: interesting i think that they, were, they had a certain leap in terms of technology, especially on the payments that everything went through the mobile, what we struggled for many years in, especially in the U S because of the different structure and the cost of improving from legacy systems and infrastructure was jumping to mobile. You had an old cell phone, no problems, new cell phone, even better. It's like actually the old cell phones worked better on that. Just text, you pass the money. And that was their payment uh, structure. Of course, there were other ways as well, but it it was very interesting to to follow on that element. And from here, to create what you said, you know, all those, uh, to bring the building blocks and make sure that they are there so you can actually establish that pyramid that you'll have the insurance, There is still work, yeah. I, I still lot.
1: remember in the States paying my rent mm-hmm. by check and I didn't know how the hell do I get my hands on a check. And the landlord had to coach me on how to go get a check from the ATM. And in South Africa, you would just do a normal transfer. Money will land mm-hmm. in a day or two and you'll go on. Um, so, yes, I think South Africa or many other countries are much more advanced when it comes to payments and, and stuff. And, well, um, there really is a lot of... Kind of
0: yeah, well, if we are going there, I'll share my story. So, moved to the U.S. in two thousand and nine, New York, New York. Back then, mm. it wasn't as happening as now. Although there will be a lot of New Yorkers that will have different opinions about the few last mails. I still think that Bloomberg was one of the better ones, but that's my opinion. Um So, two thousand and nine, you tried to get it, you tried to deposit a check. You, it's impossible. So you can do that through the ATM, but you need to go into the branch, get a, a three copies sp- slip, so it will have the white, the yellow, and the pink, and use that to transact with the ATM. Now at that point, so coming from Israel, we already easy deposit the check. The ATM reads it and give you a receipt with, you know, a Xerox of, or a copy, printed copy of the check that you deposit and what's the right. And you also need to type the, uh, what's the amount today. We can actually do it from our cell phone and take a picture from, you know, the iPhone app or whatever that may be. So what are the API services that you provide?
1: Yeah. So I think that's a good, good segue. So APIs. Like essentially building blocks in our world is is apis to a large extent there's some other build pieces around it um and what we focus a lot on so we've got okay maybe for broader context where what root is um, as a product it's it's ultimately a, a cloud-based policy administration system it's got everything from you know quoting and binding policy admin payment collections claims all the stuff you'd expect to to be able to run an insurance business um and then from an API point of view we've got apis for all of those functions. And APIs are essentially the mechanism that systems talk to each other. So you can think of it as like a telephone line or something. A system can send an instruction to, let's say, a root system to get a quote that needs to pass the right fields and root will then, depending on the product calculate a premium and some other data and pass it back to that system. Now, what many companies do, especially in insurance, they've got APIs, they retrofit APIs onto, call it legacy systems or systems that weren't built for for this type of integration um and you sort of two problems one is you sort of stuff that's not real time an example of that would be where it takes upwards of like 30 seconds to get a quote now that's normal in the industry it's scary um if you imagine you're on Facebook and you want to like see your feed and it takes 30 seconds to load the feed or you want to post on Twitter and it takes again 30 seconds to to post that tweet that's that's like, you you would, it would, won't work. Um, and that's just how insurance is. If you try and get a quote, it takes forever. So that's the first problem. And that's just because those systems aren't geared for real-time cloud-based type of operations. And the second one is, um, the APIs are very limited and very not geared for developers that actually need to consume them. And this is where we focus a lot is we focus on the developer experience, um, and making it easy for people that need to consume it. And it's almost like, if you think of Lego blocks. Okay, Lego is maybe a bad example because if you get the blocks, you can just build something and be creative. Um, you don't really need the manual. But in insurance, that doesn't work. You can't You can't have basically tools that people don't understand that's not user-friendly for the people that need to consume the tools. Um, so APIs for me is actually a lot more than just the individual actual endpoints that a system makes available. It's about all the guides and tutorials and documentation and, and even community around consuming that. Um, if you want to think of a like a good example of all that we kind of um get inspired by is a company like stripe in the payment Mm -hmm. side again um not to digress but they they focus a lot on creating an excellent developer experience and that's what we try and do in insurance is going somewhere in that business you've got a commercial director or um, some insurance head who wants to launch a new product and they don't understand tech and they don't actually understand that there's multiple parties involved multiple people product teams, software developers that need to consume that into their app or into their website or into, if it's embedded insurance, into a partner's channel. And those developers need to understand what Ooh. they do, what they're doing, what they're working with. Um, and that, that's what make APIs, that sets APIs apart, I would say, or takes it from being useful Lego blocks to just being wooden blocks that doesn't fit together.
0: Okay. We have a couple of topics that, that we can touch on. So let's start with the basics. So are you a tech platform? Are you considering yourself as a core system, something like um, Socotra and Guidewire or more on the product quoting? Where, where do you find yourself in the ecosystem? Def, definitely core systems. I think Socotra is maybe a good
1: um, good example of Guidewire, Duck Creek, obviously not that, not no, no, that no. Uh, incumbent, if I can call it that. Well, um, yeah,
0: nowadays we can consider Guidewire as the the new legacy yeah.
1: yeah if you just go if you go purely on age i think you can safely yeah. safely do that um yeah i'd say so if you're launching a new product um you need the quoting side of it which is a key part of selling a policy generating quote for the customer um but then you need the rest of the system that also works and you need apis for that as well you need to be able to make adjustments or, or alterations to it. You need to be able to renew policies, um, act on or like send billing instructions, act on failed collections, you know, like execute retention strategies, um, send communications to customers. So it's so it's quite comprehensive. Um, and Enroute definitely falls in the core system category. Um, it can run next to others in parallel mm-hmm. to get, uh, often our clients do that. They maybe already have Guidewire as a core system. They paid boatloads of money for it and then when they want to launch a product it costs boatloads of money to launch another product so then they work with us in parallel to guidewire um to to gain speed and to actually get to market fast
0: so when we sorry for that when we go on your website we see logos of many customers i assume many happy customers familiar brands brains like travelers and others what is the problem that you're solving them? What is the solution? Why? And if you can actually provide no need to name names, hopefully you can. Um, What is a use case that you're solving for them? I know that you already gave sort of an example in high level, but you know, a good use case, concrete one will be even better. Okay. So um,
1: I think the, the primary thing we're solving for companies is helping them launch new digital products so we don't really focus on the broker intermediated where there's humans in the loop mm-hmm. um, so we focus on digital and what we help them do is get those products to market um especially when they want to sell it through partner channels so if you can think of hmm. embedded or white label insurance um that's where we play most of the time most of our clients are in that category and that's essentially you have three parties in the loop you've got the the carrier the insurer. sometimes that's an mga but you've got someone who controls the product and the underwriting and then the second party would be the um the brand the platform and the or the kind of customer facing brand that would be a retailer um, a telco it could be a bank for bank assurance or or a digital platform we've got some of those as well um and they want to actually sell insurance to their customers so the, the carrier wants to leverage the distribution that exists Or that's created by this other big brand that maybe already sits on a million customers that buys t-shirts from them or or whatever they sell Um, and we we not only do those products run on our platform so they get built and configured and and the whole policy runs on route not only that we also help then bridge the communication between the carrier and those brands because you've got a an insurer that's typically very actuarial heavy focuses on pricing and risk and then you've got a brand that doesn't know anything about insurance that focuses on their customer and the customer experience. And those two things, you need to balance it because they're often like working against each other. The brand wants to ask zero to or just a few questions. The insurer wants to ask more questions for the customer so they can price it better. And obviously it's a trade-off. And and we we kind of bridge that. We facilitate a lot of those meetings, we um, coach both sides on it and and ultimately when the products get built, the actuaries can work on route, build their products <laughs> and then the non-insurance developers and product teams on the other side can consume those products without having to know anything about insurance so that's kind of the big thing we solve that getting
0: the products to market in that way part of what i do is to explain mainly to other uh, executives in the industry something that they don't see most when we're talking with executives, insurance executives, if they are on IT, the technology, the business side, they don't see what's going on on the startup. Sometimes they are using the big company, small company strategy in terms of, oh, they're going to do the work for me. For most of them, even if they are very proactive and trying to push things out the door, there are challenges, so they will go to something that is convenient and very service-oriented, I would say. And... Um, but they don't know what's the the effort and the very bad ROI, very low ROI that it comes for that startup. And what does it mean for the future of the company? Or well, let's call it the mental health of the founder. Really depends on which stage, right? <laughs> if you are a, a Series A, you'll have enough account managers and people to run around to make that happen. But before, while you're at SID, you are almost everything you and a bunch of most like four or mm-hmm. five people that help you to to make magic, yeah, now this is brilliant, love it. so when it comes to your customers, how do you help them and again, a brilliant segue with the build buy rent question that they will always have, yes.
1: You've added a third one we always work with build versus buy um
0: i kind of i, well, I always think about the will problem be missing that's right paying for the license
1: would you put yes yes no I, that makes sense i normally think about it as like what is the problem you're trying to solve and what do you have what is your leverage and my view on it is the the insurer or maybe the channel that they this brand that they sell the products through or embed the products into their speciality is the actual risk, it's pricing, it's underwriting, um, it's all the back office stuff that comes with that. Um, it's maybe the brand they've got in the market, but they are an insurance company, not a tech company. Um, so I would my my general recommendation is if you focus on the problem, which is to launch a product that's relevant for customers, to be able to iterate on it super quickly when you get feedback that you don't have the right product in the market. Um then building tech is maybe not the best thing to do. Um it also happens to be that um, insurers like we, we find insurance to be uh, insurance to be heterogeneous. So it's always different. Like you could have two products that look very similar, but they're going to be different. Um, and that's kind of a foundation that Root's built on. But that also means that companies, insurance companies, they build tech, they, they end up building very strange products and, and tech that fits the products and that kind of locks them in and that locks them into mm-hmm. inevitable like continuous uh, product development. Uh, not sorry, not product development, engineering, software development. Um, so our view is you, you kind of need to find the middle way and get the re- the right tech, like the right core platform to run on, so that you can spend your software engineering like efforts and focus and resources on the small part that s- sets you apart, which is your anything that's customer facing. Would that be your app? If you've got a website, if you've got if you integrate into another partner, and and both that own that, be very good at that. Um, but don't reinvent the wheel when it comes to core systems. Don't like there's enough companies that can generate the PDF policy document. Like you don't have to go build that yourself, um, and then maintain it and keep, keep the lights on and that forever. Um, so yeah, so we're somewhere in the middle. I would say you need to build the stuff that matters and then rent or buy, if you can call it that the, the rest.
0: Yeah. I just, I just realized that what, the difference between when I use build by rent, uh, the build, do it yourself buy is acquisition by a company um, and a rent license mm-hmm. the software. So I can understand where for you, it will be only build versus buy. So buy rent. a service or build the service yourself. Yes. And then we can add the acquisition at a, a later stage maybe for talent or technology or whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the insurance industry, most of them acquire it go by mergers and acquisitions. It's very hard to build an insurance company out from scratch. Another insurance company that has the same name as you, your company, which I'm sure that are confusions from time to time.
1: Especially in the States.
0: Yep. Um, so that's great that you have root platform and not just root because that can be a little bit confusing and did you have any copyright challenges with that um
1: not so much so so root insurance the the motor insurance company in the states um they've got all their trademarks and stuff in the states and then Mm -hmm. we've got we've got root trademarks in south africa and i think in the uk i can't remember no we have yeah we've not We've not run into issues on that front. We've run into issues of investors, especially venture capital investors. And they go, they they ask like, oh, what's the difference and stuff. Um, but funny enough, in the UK and Europe, nobody, it, it hasn't come up. It's not a thing. Nobody knows or cares much about what goes on in the US. And <laughs> so we're still fine for now. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have to solve that in a, in, in not too long from now. Yes. The whole yes. branding
0: issue. Start thinking about it because. It can, I can see how it's a challenge.
1: Yeah, we've got an ideas board running that we're tracking for what. What can we call ourselves when we really need to change our name? Mm -hmm. We're trying to hold off on it.
0: Lo, because we are reaching the end of our episode, let me ask you the same question that I'm asking everyone: if what would be the advice that you will give yourself at the beginning of this journey? That's a very good
1: question. I, I thought about it a bit um, and I tried to focus it on the journey of building Root, not so much my, my whole life journey. I think the, the one thing that I would tell myself, and I don't know if I would listen because I have been told this by many advisors and I did not listen. And then yet I still made the the same mistake if I can call it that is that insurance is a very broad heterogeneous industry so apples doesn't not match do not match apples um and therefore like stay hyper focused um keep it narrow and and kind of don't don't get distracted by other big shiny things and we've the reason i'm saying this is we've learned the lesson where we have we've learned the lesson where we where we have um where we think two clients are equal, equally good because they're, they're big. They're going to pay us a lot of money. Well, we only mostly deal with enterprise clients just to add that. And, but then they're actually completely different beasts, very different animals. They, they have different driving factors and stuff. Um, so that over time taught us to focus more on companies that have like the same traits, the same goal functions, the same type of personas driving the business. Um, cause their way of thinking, their way of problem solving are the same. And that allows you to build a better product, more focused product, and then obviously create a much better customer experience.
0: I love it. It's, you know, I, I don't know if it's, is this your first startup, second startup?
1: Uh, it's my second, like official one. So. But the other one was much different. This was much more product focused.
0: Yeah. So there is a part that, you know, at the beginning, and it's something that picked up early 2000s, The personas or know your customer. And if you're not dealing with SaaS or enterprise and you think about the different users, not customers, the users, you draw this like 20 different personas, and how are we going to approach this guy? But it's so true. At the end of the day, you especially when it comes to enterprise, you want to narrow it down to one. User that you know one customer that you know very 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 well, and sell to them. And it's such a hard thing to do, especially when you go like, oh my god, there is so many. And by the way, if when I see a deck that has, it's like, hey, the insurance in the industry is six or seven trillion dollars. Go like, okay, I don't care it's about. this. It. It's <laughs> massive, and, and you're just throwing big numbers that has nothing to do with what you're actually Mm -hmm. doing. Go
1: try and slice that $6 trillion into what it actually is. And Mm -hmm. then you're going to get to
0: come to many, many small, smaller segments. So my, my tip for the day, um, and that's something that I repeat to my customers, all I want to do, all I want to say is, and that's what we are working with them is like, you want money. How is that going to take you from point A to point B? And how much money are you are going to make at point B? Uh, we don't care about the $6 trillion or the $100 We like it. Big numbers, but irrelevant for what you're doing today. Mm. It's good to know more or less the size of the ocean, but it's not blue ocean. Aren't. It's so hard to find a blue ocean nowadays. You can dig one, but that's a different conversation for a different podcast cool yeah okay wonderful cool thank you thank you very much for joining me today and spending almost 40 minutes talking about your company or plans for um for dia in uh, barcelona Uh, how should people reach out to you
1: sure i think the easiest is they can um email me it's low l-o-u-w at root platform.com you can also just on our website reach out um or twitter um and yeah so if anybody's keen on learning more about embedded insurance or actually just getting our view on how it could work in your business happy to chat and help where we can
0: fantastic thank you very much for your time today it was a pleasure hosting you thank you Gilad.